0: Hello and welcome to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Our podcast series features interviews and discussions on all issues relating to quality early learning and care with a range of speakers who are leaders in the areas that matter to Early Childhood Ireland members. I'm Ora Corbett and I work with Early Childhood Ireland. In this episode, I'm delighted to be chatting with Rebecca Kelly from Manor Kilbride Montessori in County Wicklow. So Rebecca owns and runs Manor Kilbride Montessori, which she opened about nine years ago. And she'll be chatting a little bit more about this in a second. But she began with 16 children in 2012 and now caters for 50 families and has extended the the building and so on over those years. So she has um, an advanced Montessori in um, an advanced diploma, sorry, in Montessori primary an advanced diploma from Queen's University in special needs and inclusive education, and a first-class honours degree with the Open University in Childhood and Youth Studies, as well as various CPD courses in all kinds of areas. And she's a mummy to three girls, age seven, four and two, and the school is located beside her home. So she's working in the sector for over 12 years. Rebecca, you're really welcome, and it sounds like you're... um, an eternal student you've uh, covered a lot of ground in your studies over the years
1: yeah thank you for having me it's lovely to have the opportunity to have a chat and to do this it's great
0: so can you tell us a little bit more about um how you started you mentioned that uh, you're open nine years and two mm-hmm. extensions later you have 50 families so can you tell us a little bit more about that um evolution yeah. over the
1: years so when I was actually a student I was in I did my work placement in a local um school called Treehouse Montessori which was run by someone called Jill Reynolds and we had moved to Kilbride we were building a house and you know down the line I always thought I'd love to have my own Montessori school I was um teaching two classes at the time in another setting and also supervisor and on duty manager for a place that had about 140 children and We were mid-building and Jill had decided to finish up. She'd done, I think, 16 or 18 years, you know, providing a service to the area. And I thought, you know, now's my opportunity. There was, I think, 13 children at the time in need of Eki and there was no other local school so it kind of put the pressure on to get to get the building ready and everything. It was quite tight. I remember the night before we opened, my husband and I worked. We didn't go to bed. We worked right through the night trying to get everything finished. But um, yes, yeah, so I started with 16 in the September and then it went up to it went up by two each month. And then from the January I was full. And then I kind of saw the waiting list grow. So we did a smaller extension to have a smaller room at the front. So then I could cater for, I think, 13 in that room and then 22 in the large room. And then the second year in Eki was introduced and, you know, the waiting list kind of grew longer again. And I kind of bit the bullet. I think it was about two years ago now and we did another extension. So now we have two rooms of 22. Um, And then last summer we created an outdoor space like another outdoor classroom which is still I suppose developing all of the time because it's a new area um, and then we have a larger outdoor area up, up the back as well we're kind of on a hill so it's quite steep we're built into a bank so, um, so yeah and it's just grown over the last nine years and um, I have there's myself and five other staff wow. which I'm so lucky for I've got great staff a really great team and um and yeah, so we're we're a team of six. Okay, so
0: busy, busy,
1: busy, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it sounds like you've great space to be able to extend yeah. and expand.
1: Yeah, it, definitely it's,
0: it's great to have it.
1: Yeah, definitely. like we have it, we did a chicken run there a few years ago, so we have a side gate so the children can kind of you know go and collect eggs. And yeah. I kind of every year try and pick a project of something. To do whether it's building a sound wall, whether it's you know creating a new outdoor space, or you know a pirate ship in the play area, or you know I'm always looking to kind of add or you know what can we do to I suppose enhance the setting. You know, always looking to improve. Great. Right. So um, you know, with that uh,
0: commitment to improving and developing, um, take us on your partnership with parents journey. Why do you feel partnership with parents is so important?
1: I've always had, um, it's always been really important to me to have a strong connection with the families. I think for several reasons, really. One of the main reasons I think is that it creates a home from home feeling. So like usually before COVID, we would have had an open door policy. So parents would always come into the building to drop their child and you know, there's always quite a friendly atmosphere. There's a little bit of a chat. And I think that helps the child to settle as well. And it also helps the parents to feel that if they have an issue or if they have a concern, they can always come and talk to us that we're very approachable. But not and only I that, it
0: feel that you're less likely maybe to have issues if you can yes. have those daily chats anyway.
1: Definitely. Don't it escalate. just opens up. Yeah, yeah, it opens up that communication and that channel. So like even we have, you know, if, if you do have a child where you have a concern, which can often happen, um, you know, for, for lots of different reasons, I think if you've got a strong connection with the parents, they know you're coming from a place of love and they know that everything you are doing is for the best of the child and for the child's needs. And I think it makes those difficult conversations so much easier if a child might need a little bit of extra help. And also, you know, when you have parents, and you know, you do, we we do tend to, and you know, I'll, I'll mention it later on the special persons project. But when you have, um, for example, if we have a child and they mention something like uh, their granny is a, a post lady or really good at knitting, we'll jump on that and say, would they like to come in and show us? And you know, it just creates that open door, very much team feeling, and also. I think it reassures parents that we're not, not allowing them in. It doesn't make them question what goes on when school is on, when they've dropped. We're very, very um, open. And, you know, they, they can before COVID obviously, but, you know, parents were always welcome to come in at any time. They're always welcome to share something with us. And we wanted them to come in. We wanted them to see the child's work to see what was happening in the school. And um, I think that's something that was, is really important. And when you have family at the center of linking the school, um, school and home together, like whether you're doing fridge magnets with family photographs in the classroom so that they always feel that connection, it, it strengthens their identity and belonging within the setting and it's kind of linking home and school together in a community way.
0: And you mentioned uh, a minute ago about the impact that that COVID has had, which has obviously Mm -hmm. meant that uh, physically, at least, um, Mm -hmm. it's harder to do that because of distancing Mm -hmm. and um, minimising or avoiding parents being in in the setting. How have you managed that? What
1: impact has that had? It had, like COVID had a huge impact on us in relation to keeping connected with families, because we had to look at how everything that we do and how we could change it and to still keep that strong bond Um, and there's also a level of keeping professional as well that relationship Um, but so before COVID we would have had in the younger class come and read with me so each child could pick somebody from their family to come in and read a story to the class And then the older room had the special persons project where each child could pick somebody to come in. It could be, you know, a granny who wants to show us how to knit or they could do planting or um, a dad who's an electrician or an auntie who's a nurse. Or it could be we've had ponies and guinea pigs and horses and dogs and all sorts of things. Um, And so we kind of we were like, okay, how can we keep that welcome feeling for families when we can't let them inside the building really. So during what we did during lockdown was we started doing daily videos on WhatsApp. I hadn't really used WhatsApp before to, I might send out group messages kind of for notifications and things. So we started doing daily videos of either reading a story, doing an art activity, a science experiment, things like that. And then we put bags together. So we put packs together and the staff all delivered them to the children's doors. And um, we did Zoom calls and, and anyone who's done a Zoom call with preschool children, it's really hard and challenging. But we kind of felt we have to keep, you know, and then also it helps us to grow because we're out of our comfort zone. And I know I felt I found the videos very difficult and um, I couldn't rewatch myself. I, I kind of, you know, I found it really hard. And. Um, But it wasn't about me. It was about the kids, and it was about them feeling. Particularly the group that started in the September, because they didn't get to have. Usually, we do a private viewing, so every family could come to the school, have a walk around through the school, Um, and then we do an open morning for two hours on a Saturday where the families can come and all play together. Um, So instead, we had to do that in time slots where it was like a walk through, and then kind of encouraging them to to be outside. But at least the child would have seen the building. And then coming into the building, you know, with COVID, we couldn't allow it. So I spray painted stars and I had a yellow line at the front door and I did a video of a run through so that the children were kind of getting this sense of they could see on a, on, on their parents' phone, OK, this is what the front door looks like. This is what this is what drop off will look like. I'll say bye bye to mom or do a fist pump or whatever routine mom or dad wants to have with the child at the line. And. Um, And, you know, I have to say the children settled very well. And I think those videos helped to prepare them because they knew what was coming. Um, One thing that I found hard was I usually do a parents information night before the school starts. And I feel it's really important because it goes through all of our policies, you know, from your snack to drop off to authorised collectors, all of those type of things. And, you know, I was like, you know, how am I going to get all of this information across? I think when you email everything, like we were emailing COVID plans that were 50 pages long, all of these documents. And, you know, it's very hard for someone as a parent that's really busy to sit and read through reams and reams and reams of paper. So um, I broke down the parents information into WhatsApp videos and I did Um, I broke it down into kind of, and I cover maybe two to four policies per video. And I think I sent nine WhatsApp videos for the parents so that they could see me just like a two, three minute chat of this is how drop off works. And if you want to communicate with those, you know, we both have to wear masks and we have to plan it in advance. And um, it's been hugely difficult. Like I've missed doing the special persons project and we've missed having the kids pets in and that sense of, like even I have a lot of new families this year in September starting who I've never met. And by now I would have seen them. I would have met the child. They would have had a walkthrough and you feel this sense of disconnect. So you're kind of always, you know, I keep sending them little videos and things of me and what I look like. And, you know, I'm making videos of the school on iMovie, which is really challenging, you know, because you're trying to use technology all the time. Um, And then we also did we were doing a photograph a day on WhatsApp. So I set up kind of different pod groups. And so the parents would get a little photograph of what happened that day. And, and then I kind of started looking at, you know, okay, technology is becoming more of a part of how we're communicating and WhatsApp, although all the parents gave permission in advance, you know, the photographs automatically save to your camera roll. And I kind of thought there has to be a safer way of doing this. Mm -hmm. And before COVID had happened, I had looked at three or four packages to move to paperless. And then I put it on pause because I felt that, you know, myself and the staff, we had to get our head around COVID. We had to, you know, I had so many new policies to write. We had to implement new procedures. So I just thought I'd pause it for the moment. I didn't want to overload the team either. Mm. Um, and then in the last four weeks, we were actually um, implementing child paths at the moment so we're going paperless and you know the parents have their login and we're figuring out how to use it. you know our curriculum everything's going online like i estimate that we'll save about eight thousand sheets of paper a year by moving wow. paperless and um, you know like because we're filling in about 25 sheets between daily you know you've got your COVID risk assessments your normal your temperature controls all of your paperwork that comes with the role and um, you know documenting your curriculum you're printing a photograph you know, the staff are documenting what they did that day. They're linking it to Shielda and Asher, but then it sits in a folder and the parents aren't getting to see that. Whereas before um, I had designed an A3 book and I had it broken down Monday to Friday, linked with Asher and Shilta and the staff, like parents, would, our children would either mark make or we'd print a photograph. But that book was always in the classroom. So parents could come in and flick through the book um, And then I found this year, you know, I was looking at the staff and they're doing all this lovely documentation and nobody's seeing it. And, you know, you don't want to do those things just because you might have a DES inspector walk in the door. It's not about that. You're doing that because this is the quality of service that you are. Um, And you want to share all that work and you want parents to really see, you know, the depths of the child's learning when you did that messy play or when you observed an act of kindness between two children or a conversation about I saw somebody in a wheelchair today and that sparks a whole other um, route of learning. And um, yeah, so the child path so far has been, has been great. It's been a learning curve for me technology wise, and we all have tablets in the room and, but it's, it's been great. We're definitely working more efficiently from a point of view of um, it doesn't take the same length of time to do certain things. So yeah, it's been really positive and right. I'm interested to get the parents feedback, you know, mm. they've, we're at a point where we're starting to communicate more with it. So, um, you know, in a a couple of weeks' time, I'm going to be asking parents for feedback. So, you know, I think that's really important as well, that you have your comments box, that you have, you welcome, you know, criticism as well as positivity because that's how we all grow. Exactly. Um, You know, at the moment, touch wood, we haven't had any criticism, but, you know, we completely open and I'm very welcome to it as well because it's part of developing your service all the time, you know. So
0: you mentioned, you're absolutely, I mean, uh, the criticism is, is positive feedback, you know, yeah. you, 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 um, yeah. if, if it's presented in, in the right way. You yeah. mentioned a couple of times your uh, special persons um, project mm-hmm. that uh, was the, the uh, submission that you sent in last year for the Early mm-hmm. Childhood Ireland um, uh, Partnership with Families Award. Can you take us a little bit through that and what it yeah. entailed and how you put it together?
1: So we, it was a few years ago when we started doing the special persons project, um, and we were doing it in our service all the time, you know, and 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 having different family members come in, and and it was just brilliant. I mean, you know, they were, we were getting doctors and electricians, and you know, it was just fantastic. And parents really got involved; they were bringing in more and more things, and it was just growing. Um, and the children really enjoyed it, and it was great for them for their confidence to and also to practice greeting a visitor into their setting and then for the child you know to introduce this is you know my nana and she's really good at knitting and she's going to show us how she she knits with her needles and then we'll have a story together or whatever and we had a mom in whose little girl has autism and she was in circle time and she said to the children you know sometimes my my daughter doesn't understand and um you know so this kind of sparked a whole conversation the children were you know like well why and you know some mom said you know she has something called autism and one little girl said I have money in my piggy bank could that help and you know afterwards we just thought you know that was such a nice gesture you know maybe what could we do as you know we were having our staff meeting and we were like how can we expand on this and we kind of came up with the idea of, well, let's ask the children, will we do a little fundraiser and see what ideas they come up with? And then from a staff point of view, I was heavily pregnant at the time, but um, this is the, some of the staff said, like, let's do run amok and see if we could put an MKMS team together and if parents would like to do it with us. So um, we put it out there. We ended up with a team of 15 and um you know they did the run and walk together and you know so the children in the school were making signs it was a big mkms sign made with jigsaw pieces that the children made and um but then with the other side of it of what could the would the children like to do as a fundraiser so um the little girl who had suggested um wanting to give money from her piggy bank had uh started making bracelets at home and we set up a little bracelet shop. So she was the shopkeeper and all of the children brought in two euros and we set up a little shop. Um, And we had done things like that before. Like we did a fruit and veg stall before where we set up a full fruit and veg shop and all of the children ran it so it was like one child was packing the bags doing the till weighing the fruit so you're bringing in you know your pre-math skills and writing the receipts and and it was open to the community so we had neighbors we had grandparents we had aunties and uncles and parents and it was wonderful Um, and and we tried to do something like that every year and then obviously with COVID you know that's you, you feel a sense of there's so many things that the children previous years to us that because of COVID these experiences the children are having. So we're we're constantly trying to look at okay what can we do, you know, to to give them some sort of an experience where you're still focusing on those key areas of development. Um, but from, you know, from the the parents as partnerships, yeah, we just started writing a story about it, and then we started kind of analyzing all of the different things we do that link with home. So like, um, for example, we have sets of emotion bags that I made and there's tip cards inside for parents. And so each child would get to bring that bag home or we do a story bag. Well, before covid and um, we had a story bag where the children could pick we have our class puppet ziggy um and the children could pick books from the library that they really liked and then they'd bring ziggy home for a sleepover and then um what we'd get the parents to do is send a picture of their child with ziggy and then we actually made a storybook in the classroom that we laminated and it was like the adventures of ziggy okay, and you know you would document what the child had said they did with ziggy at home that night and and it was great you know and it's all those little things that um, you know, we we've kind of said to parents, you know, send us a picture of your pet at home because we can't do that link. So you're trying to make those books now and, and keep that connection on some level. Yeah. Like another tool we would have used was um we do after learning copies. So each child's copy is completely different. It could be something that they've done at the weekend that they want to share with those, it could be something in the classroom that we took a photograph of that they really like. And we or they might want to mark make something. And we write exactly how the child says, um, and it goes home, the parents sign it, and then it comes back in. And, and parents can add to it as well. So it's like a working document. Mm. And, you know, at the start of COVID, I thought, you know, we can't have something coming in and out from home all the time. And but then I was like, you know, sometimes you have to not be afraid to kind of look at a workaround. So we're like, okay, we're going to have a basket at the door, two meters from the door, let the parents put the copies in the basket, you know, we'll use our gloves, use our, bring the basket in, leave it in isolation for two or three days, and then we can take the copies out. So it's just trying to look at how can you do what you're doing in a safe way? Yeah. Um, and, you know, like even say for graduation and things like that, move like school chores, you know, what can you do that's purely outside? Um, and we would be outside a lot anyway. Um, and now we have the sheltered area outside. So, you know, the weather doesn't stop us, you know, and that's what waterproof gear is for anyway, you know. I <laughs> Dress think it's the weather. about finding the, the
0: workarounds when you when you value um, yeah. the partnership. Um, yeah. Then you there's a benefit to finding yeah. the workaround because yeah. it's something that you want to keep the essence of. Um, yeah. And who knows, you know, some of the ways, some of the workarounds, might become yeah. the way we do things yeah, um, yeah. In, in future, and yeah. so you submitted this for the award, and then mm-hmm. you heard in October that you won the award. What was yeah. the impact <laughs> of winning the award? What was what was that do, like?
1: Do you know, I remember finishing the submission for the award, and it was so late at night. I was so tired. <laughs> you know, my youngest was waking a lot in the middle of the night. I felt I still had very much baby brain, and I just. You know, we we had won a couple of awards before, and I thought, you know, we'd never be lucky enough to 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 win another. But I like writing the stories. I like, um, I really like putting together everything we do because I think even for for the staff and the parents, when we come together, you see the volume of things that we do. Mm. Um, and you know, some parents love reading about that, and I think it's really nice that you're catering for, like. Parents of all different personalities, just like staff do, just like children do. So, you know, for the parents that really love seeing what's going on and the rich environment you're creating, you're creating a document that they can read and see. Um, But I genuinely didn't think we'd won. And my staff after it said to me, you know, we knew we'd won when we saw the film crew arrive, but I completely didn't expect it. Um, And I was actually really emotional because one, I completely was shocked, but um, I just felt, you know, I'm going to get emotional now. But, you know, I am blessed with my team. You know, I have amazing teachers, amazing staff. The children come first at the heart of everything we do at the school. Um, oh, I'm getting emotional now. <laughs> but um, and I think that love and, and passion for what we do and for the children. Um, You know, the award particularly parents as partners is something that's just so important to us. And um I think it just kind of cemented for us that we're doing a great job. You know, and, and like I always tell myself they're great. And you know, you do the little treats to to say thank you to them. And but I think to have the recognition of the Parents as partnership award was just really special. And I think out of all the awards we've won, it is by far um for me, the most special award, um, because it's just something that I always put a lot of time into. There's a lot of out of hours work I do, whether it's emails, whether it's observations or little videos or photographs. And there's so much. I mean, there's probably about 30 hours a week non-contact time I put wow. into the school. And, you know, that all goes unseen. You know, I don't mm. think I don't think pe- people just see, you know, they drop the child at the door or, you know, and it's three hours a day but it's, you know, for us to do what we want to do with the children, it's so much more than that, you know, like the last month I've been making a fairy garden and digging into a bank on a Saturday and a Sunday and, you know, with the belly boots on and, you know, it's all those little things that are unseen, but that just come from the heart because it's a passion, you know, it's, I think this job, it's a calling, it's not, you know, and obviously there's a lot of, conversation at the moment about you know our sectors in trouble you know keeping new um newly qualified staff they're leaving college and they're going into jobs and you know the pay isn't great they can't get mortgages and you know I just think what we do is just so vitally important these early years are the foundations they're the cornerstones to their first blocks of learning to set them up for life and um, and you know, I know I'm going off topic, but I just I really hope, you know, for the future of our sector that the importance of early years and what we do gets more recognised because I do have concerns about, you know, the future. I'm so lucky with my staff but when I see online, you know, some people are really struggling okay. to recruit. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I just I hope that Ireland will start to catch up with some of the other countries in Europe, you know, with just um, you know, looking after their staff because our sector of great staff in yes. this country and you don't want to lose them, you know. Absolutely. And that's,
0: um, you know, I think it's that passion is what keeps a lot of people in, in the sector. And that's yes. a really good point to end yeah. on. Um, Rebecca, thanks so much for sharing that. Uh, I mean, I love uh, earlier on you mentioned about, uh, you know, the the benefit of partnership with parents showing that you're coming from a place of love. I think that's such a lovely description of the importance of partnership with parents. So thank you so much for sharing your thoughts and and your passion. It's been great talking to you.
1: Thank you for having
0: me. um, So if you'd like to apply for an award, check out uh, the Early Childhood Ireland website for information on applying for the various awards. And thanks for listening to Early Childhood Ireland's podcast. Uh, If you've enjoyed the podcast, please tell your friends and colleagues, and we hope you'll join us next time.